0: Turn in your Bibles, if you would, this morning, to the book of Proverbs, chapter 24. Um, Proverbs, chapter 24. Proverbs being the, the sandwich piece of the books of wisdom there in the Old Testament. We have the book of Job, we have Proverbs, and we have Ecclesiastes. That is the three books of wisdom of the Old Testament. But here this morning, I, I wanna I want to look at the fact that you and I can make a difference in Christmas. I I want to look at the fact that this sitting this isn't a bunch of flowers for you. Um this is a message for you. Um Lord will not, maybe he'll let me bring some flowers and give to you next week. But this morning it's a message. I pray it's a message that you and I would would receive that that God might use us to go out and make a difference in the community. We've been praying for the better part of a year, God, help us. God, use us to reach LaGrange, Georgia. Use us to reach Troop County. Use us to be the ones that make a difference in our Jerusalem and our Judea. We'll not cease to work into Samaria and even into the uttermost parts of the earth. But we, we can't send 90 missionaries around the world. We can't get a team just back in from Thailand. We can't send a team in January over to Costa Rica and work on the uttermost parts of the world and leave out Jerusalem and Judea. And, and I believe that you and I, through the power of the Holy Spirit, with the anointing, I, I believe we can make a difference in our surrounding. Amen? We, we live in a society that is doing everything they can to try to take Christ out of Christmas. We we go into stores, they they tell us happy holidays. Uh-huh. T- to be honest, you and I can't allow the world to silence the Christ that is within us. Amen. We um, I, I greatly appreciate what what y'all did for us. Um, Pastor Appreciation Month, and y'all know you sent robin and i this weekend we went up and, and we did some things to be honest that we'd have probably never done number one we would have never stayed in the omni um omni whatever it is at the battery um i don't have the money stay in a place like that uh we, we greatly enjoyed the time uh we would have never paid that probably to have gone up to the lauren daigle concert had a great time there as well i appreciate it but it gave us two days she took friday off we left Friday, and we spent two days together, and we went to several different malls and stores, and we just we did a lot of Christmas shopping, and um, I, I do greatly appreciate that. But in it, not one person initiated "Merry Christmas." We we went in stores, and um, when you come to the checkout or anything, you go to ask for help, it, it's always "Happy Holidays." Sometimes it's season greetings for me it's no it's merry christmas it's It's Merry Christmas. I was on my best behavior this year. I had my wife with me, so I didn't do it in her presence uh, i I went into a store the times prior to and and I came up and I had all my stuff, and I'm putting it down, and the ladies talking and 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 she asked, how you doing? I'm very good. Thanking yourself. I'm very good. Happy holidays. No, ma'am. It's Merry Christmas. And she smiled. I, I could tell it bothered her. She knew exactly what I meant. Probably a Christian. I'm just gathering this from the conversation. But she said, our managers won't allow us to say that. I said, excuse me? Management won't allow us to say that. I said, ma'am, if you don't mind, you can explain to your manager why they're going to get to put all this back on the shelf. You tell them I said, Merry Christmas and God bless you. Have a great day. Enough is enough. Somewhere along the way, I can refuse to do business with people that dishonor my Savior. I can refuse to do business with people that put up signs that say Merry Xmas." Call it extreme if you want to. Call it holy roller. Call it what you will. But this casual Christianity has got to die. This just letting it go is enough. I don't have to do business with people that that say happy holidays and, and season's greetings. It is time for the child to stand up and say Christ is Christmas. And if there is no Christ, then there is no Christmas. It's time for you and I to become servants of the living God. Amen? I, was, I won't spend, but I, I will tell you, I was bothered. We, we were the week before Katie Carson. We went to the Chris Tomlin concert. God did an amazing job. I'll tell you that. He did an amazing job. We're going to sing one of his songs next week. He did an amazing job of bringing that place to a place of worship. I think last night there was a hindrance from the very beginning at the Lauren Dagle because we're standing in the pouring down rain in the line. Pouring down rain waiting to get in. You know, at Faith Baptist Church, we've done a good job. and We brought Zach Williams, 10th Avenue North, and all those guys here. If it's really hard or the weather's bad, we go ahead and get them in. But they didn't. They let us stand out in the rain. Oh, well. Damping my spirits right to start with. But they were coming through checking IDs. Hey, if you want to drink when you get inside you got to have one of these yellow wristbands because they won't be doing ID checks inside. So if you don't have one of these, you can't buy drinks when you get in. That was a little upsetting that they would even be asking that to get into a Christian concert. But the upsetting part was how many people were getting their ID checked to get the yellow wristbands. We got inside the the Roxy Theater there, the Coca-Cola Roxy, and there was five open bars inside this one theater. That doesn't bother me either because as children of God, we had a chance to make an example. We had a chance to make a difference. We had a chance to show the world that we're different than than the rock concert that was there last weekend or or what's going on the next weekend. We had a chance to make a statement that we are different people. We are born-again people. We can act different. We can be civilized. We are washed in the blood of the Lamb of God. We are children of the only begotten of the Father, but we didn't. Those bars, I believe, was just as active as any other thing that went on. And the world made their money. Well, I mean, to get off into that, but I'm telling you, we're in, we're in trouble. But we're approaching a season where we're going to see friends and family that we may not see more than a couple times a year. And we're going to have an opportunity to make a difference. We're going to have an opportunity to make a difference in the lives of the people that we love the most. I believe that if God's children would stand up, I believe that if we would say what we ought to say, I believe if we would do the things that we ought to do and be what we ought to be, I believe we could make a difference. So I want to bring a message this morning in advancements through afflictions. Our text is very short and simple this morning. Proverbs chapter 24, verse number 10. If thou faint... In the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that it is sharper than a two-edged sword. Thank you, God, that it is designed to work within us and that which needs to be done. God, I pray you'd move in this place this morning. I thank you for these, your children, God. I pray that you'd move. I pray you'd speak to each one of us, God. According to your perfect will, do what only you can do and take one message and divide it however many hundred ways, God, and split it up, Father, that it may accomplish its purpose to each person in this place. God, we love you, Father. You've been so good to us that we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We, we are living in the day of adversity. And I want to use another example from the Old Testament this morning over in the book of Daniel. You know the story, chapter number three of the book of Daniel. But the Bible says, beginning verse number ten, it says that thou old king has made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake unto them and said, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do you not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if you be ready, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, sat butt, psalter, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made well. He says, if you'll just do that, then, then it's okay. We'll just forget about it. You, you know how much I like you. I mean, I put you over the affairs of the providence here in Babylon. You, you, you know how much I, I think of you, but you can't make me look bad in front of the people. So if you'll just fall down this one time, if you'll just worship when you hear it right here in the midst, just let everybody see you worship the golden image just one time. If you'll just do that, we'll just forget all about this little incident like it never happened. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. But I want you to look at the question. Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Sometimes what you're going through is to make somebody else ask the question. Who is it that's going to get you out of this? Who is it that's going to get you through this? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego answered the king in verse number 16 said, "Old Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not. If you're one of those that highlights your Bible or underlines or makes marks, you might want to underline, but if not. See, see but if not, that's where we are right now. That's the Christmas season of 2018. That's where we're, we're at the but if not. Because, but if not, that's kind of a, a teeter-totter. That, that's kind of in the midst of it. But but if not, you, you can say, but if not, well, you know, it's not all that bad. I, I mean, you know, if we just fall down right here for a minute and run, I mean, it's not going to mean anything, right? Because we're not going to mean it. So it won't be real. We're not really worshiping him. We're just going to do it for the people to see, to get the king off the hook. So, so it's okay. So, so, so but if not, or you can be like these three men and say, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. We live in a day of a lot of prosperity gospel preaching. We we live in a day where there's a lot of that name it and claim it preaching. We live in a day where there's a lot of preaching going on. Hey, if you're just saved, if you just believe in God, then then all your problems will go away. (laughs) Yeah, right. In in this day, they they don't want to offend anybody. I I don't either. I'm called to preach. I'm not called to offend anybody. But a true preacher is called to tell the truth of the gospel to tell what the Word of God says. And we live in this day where, well, you know, if we we tell the truth, we'll offend them and they might not come to church here. Well, you know, if you offend them, they they might come, but but they might not pay their tithes if we tell them the truth. So let's just water it down. Let's just tell them what they want to hear. Let's just bring the flowers out of the book. Let's don't talk about all that, you know, all that sin and judgment stuff. Let's just leave that out. Well, I'll be honest. The Word of God warns us against a day like that. It says in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 2, preach the Word. Not part of the Word. Not pick and choose the Word. Preach the Word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke. Reprove, rebuke. Preach the Word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove. Rebuke. Y'all kind of get what that's telling us? Exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Verse number 5 says, But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Why would God tell us to endure afflictions if there weren't going to be any? Why would God in his word, which is going to be read by his children, children, tell us to to endure something that's not going to happen? I told you last week that faith is not receiving from God the things that I want, but accepting from God the things that he sends. Biblical faith is not a confidence in a particular outcome. Biblical faith is a confidence in a sovereign God. Knowing that what he does is always right. We, we know what we pray for and we pray for what we want. And we pray for what we think is best. We pray for what we think is right. But then we trust God to do what he knows is right. Amen. Biblical faith. Preaching that being saved somehow delivers us from adversities. Destroys the faith that we're going to need when the adversities come. If you expect adversities then you won't be surprised by them when they show up. Faith in God will not make you immune to the adversities of this life. Last Sunday morning I read John 16:33 to you as just part of the morning message but it said, "These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world." If you didn't get a chance to be back on Sunday night, Brother Adam was a guest speaker here Sunday night, and he preached on that same passage. If you didn't get to come to the graduation Monday, Brother Jason Ritter, that J.B. was talking about earlier, preached a message on Monday night. He preached from that same passage. Adversity will come. Our text says, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. That means if you quit when the trouble comes, if you bail out when, when the situation gets hard, if you, if you give in and give up when the going gets tough, it's because your strength is small. And the reason your strength is small is because faith is weak. Amen? Yes. Paul tells us that we are to walk worthy. He says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Colossians 1.10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. 1 Thessalonians two twelve that you would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. To walk worthy means to be a weightier Christian. It means to have a backbone in your faith. It means to be a heavyweight. We've got enough of this anorexic Christianity going on. We need some heavyweights in the fight. Amen? Heavyweights aren't hindered by their worship when they come into the house of God. A heavyweight isn't hindered when he comes in because somebody's sitting in their seat. Because I know they can worship God from anywhere in the house. Amen? Amen? Heavyweights aren't hindered by whether or not you complain when they raise their hand. Heavyweights aren't hindered by if you complain when they stand up to praise God and give God the glory. They're not bothered by that because they ain't standing for you anyway. Heavyweights ain't bothered by people that sing and sing praises. And they're out there and they're a little off-key and it don't sound good. And they're not bothered by that because they're not singing for you anyway. They're singing praises to the one that's worthy. Amen? They are heavyweight Christians. They've learned to give God praise, to give God glory, to give God worship in spite of adversities. We've got enough of those who can't... Can't come to church because they, well, they got a little headache. We, we got enough of those who lay out of church because they stayed up too late watching the ball games last night. I told you we were going to get around to this one. Those of you that are out there right now listening on live stream, I want you to know I love y'all all my heart. I'm so sorry to do this to you, but you're the one who stayed home. Don't blame it on me. We got enough of those that can't come to church when it's raining on Sunday morning what's so bad, I hate to tell y'all guys out there watching, but it ain't even raining. Lord moved all that stuff out last night, which means you made up your mind before you went to bed. It was going to be raining, and you're just going to get a little time off. I didn't say that out loud, did I? Anybody still love me? Heavyweight Christians will praise God anytime. They're not going to be put off. But The text says... If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Heavyweights understand that that our strength and our worship and our praise and giving God the glory, that's not just for the weekend. That's not just for Sunday morning. That's not just for trying to give God an hour and a half out of our entire week. It's a way of life. It, It is God using us. Now, the story here from the book of Daniel, he said in verse 17, if it be so, Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Now, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. But the heavyweight goes on and says, but. Not, not, you know, but, well, if we bow down for a minute, there's no harm in that. No, no, he goes on and says, but we're going to serve him for what he's already done. He's already brought us to here, and he can get us out of this. But if he doesn't, we're going to serve him for the things that he's already done. We need, we need some heavyweights in 2018. I'm telling you, we're in a time in our society that right here in this Christmas season of 2018, we need some heavyweights. We, we need some Christians that aren't ashamed to stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord. We need some Christians that say, No, it's Merry Christmas. Don't happy holidays mean. If you don't have my Christ, you don't have a holiday in the first place. It's Merry Christmas for me. You're not going to take my Christ out of my Christmas. We need for Christians to stop wearing stuff that says Merry Xmas. Don't try to explain that stuff away to me. Well, you know what it means. No, what it means is they put an X where Christ is supposed to be. Can you explain that stuff way well, all you want to? I, I don't, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't see where Christians ought to send out Christmas cards to say happy holidays. Right. I just don't. Sorry. Again, holy roll if you want to. I don't see where Christians ought to be sending out stuff that says season's greetings. Right. I think what we send out ought to say Merry Christmas. Right. We, we need some Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's to step up to the plate here in 2018 and say it's Merry Christmas. Be a lot easier than going in the fire, wouldn't it? Heavyweights don't need a miracle every day for them to know what God's already done for them. Heavyweights don't need for God to part the Red Sea every week to remind us of what He brought us from. We know where we were. We know what we've been delivered from. We know we deserve hell. We know if God sent us in hell today, he'd be right in doing so. We know about the grace and the mercy. I don't need God to part the Red Sea again to remind me of what he delivered me from. Amen? Amen. Heavyweights know that if God isn't planning on getting you out of your situation, that's because he plans on getting it in there with you. That's what we see there in the story. God may not get you out of your fire. But if he don't get you out of the fire, that's because he's planning on getting in your fire with you. Because there's somebody standing up there who needs to see what you already know. He's doing something for somebody in our adversities. You take these three men, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They changed their names, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They changed their environment. They changed their culture. They changed their language. They could not change their faith. Because back in chapter 1, these men decided before the adversity ever got there that they're not going to defile themselves with the things of the world. We're going to stand for God no matter what. Some of us need to go ahead and make up our mind. We're going to stand for God no matter what. We live in this culture today that's trying to trick you out of your faith. You hear what I'm telling you? We are in a culture that is trying to trick you out of your faith. The, The devil's not going to come to you and say, you got to stand up and, and denounce God. You, you need to stand up you need to rebuke your God. You need, you need to stand up and say, well, it's happy holiday. It's not Merry Christmas because there was no Christ. The devil's smarter than that. He, he knows where he's at. He's not going to come forward. It's the same thing. I won't get way into it, but it's the same as the example that I use in the, de- the devil's subtlety of television. Forty years ago, you couldn't have seen. I heard there was a program recently on, Victoria's Secret. That thing already been on? Yes. I heard it was one of the most watched television programs. That's disgusting. I can't even hardly stand their commercials. You you back up 40 years, and it was against the law for a man and a woman to get in the same bed together. That's why you had what you had on I Love Lucy. That's why you had twin beds on opposite sides of the room and people fully clothed, because it was against the law in the United States of America for them to get in a bed together. You come along with things like the Brady Bunch and those guys, and you start seeing a husband and a wife getting in on opposite sides of the bed, yet fully clothed. All I'm telling you is we've gone from a day where a man and a woman couldn't get in the same bed together to seeing what you see in things like, listen, I'm not hating on Victoria's Secret or their clothes or what they make, what they do, but there's a time and a place for everything, and the garbage they put out there in primetime television don't get it. And what's the bad? You can't just rule it out of your Christian's house because you can't sit around and watch Alabama beat Georgia, doggone it, without that junk popping up. You you can't watch something that you want to watch. just a decent program in primetime television. Without You know why? Because the devil crept in unawares. Because the devil has snuck in. He has subtly changed things in America. He's doing the same thing to the holidays. The devil is working on destroying them. He's sneaking in and doing the same thing. Think about what he does. Think about our holidays. We're at Christmas, right? Christmas represents what? The birth of the Christ. And and then we're and start building some stages to get ready for the Easter play. And the Easter play, Easter is what? The resurrection of the Christ. We have a holiday that we call Thanksgiving that we put in. You know what it's for? to remind us to be thankful for what God has done, to remind us to be thankful for what God has already done, to remind us to be thankful for the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ because if we have either one of those out of the picture, we don't have anything to be thankful about. We have to have both of those. But then we've we've thrown in that little fourth holiday that that they promote bigger and bigger. It's called Halloween. I'm not going to get into that one too much. I don't want to destroy all your little stuff and, but that, that, that thing is evil. The, the origin of the holiday is evil. I, I would encourage you to study the origin of the holiday. It comes from witchcraft and demonics. Now, I won't go off into that. But I will say that because of that, we, we, we have traded some things. We have traded the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ off for Santa Claus. We, we have traded the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ off for Easter. We have traded a time to give Thanksgiving off to a turkey. And, and we brought in evil And creeping things. And because of that, because of that, y'all listening? God has turned us over to a society that is now accepting of things like homosexuality. Accepting of junk-like adultery. It even happened in the White House. And and they publish it. Accepting of fornication and all manner of evilness. Turn with me if you would. I want you to see this in your Bible. Turn to the book of Romans. I I want you to see this. We're going to read this and then I'm done. By 12 somebody. Romans chapter 1. Paul starts out, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Some of us need to get a hold of that. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth, To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Verse 18 begins dealing with the wrath of God. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. You ready? For God hath showed it unto them. You might want to underline that one in your Bible. You're going to need to look back at that one. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You might want to underline that one. This world keeps going. Our country keeps going, where it's going. You're going to need to see that God showed it to us and that we are without excuse. Verse number 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Y'all get your Bibles open? You at verse number 23. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man. There's your Santa Claus. And to birds, there's your thanksgiving. Four-footed beast, there's your Easter bunny rabbit. And creeping things, there's your Halloween. Now look at the cost of all of it. Verse number 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Amen. Verse number 26, for this cause, God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust, one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving themselves the recompense of their error which was meet. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things, which are not convenient. That word convenient, it means things that are not fit, things that are unholy, things that is sin, because it's against the perfect will of God. Verse number 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, Malignity, y'all, y'all let me know if y'all hear anything that applies to anybody in America here. Whisperers, that would be gossipers, Backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. I wonder what they're doing with some of those video games. I wonder if that stuff's evil disobedient to parents. I wonder if that one applies to America. Without understanding, covenant breakers, that means liars. That means those who don't keep their word. Without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who know in the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same but have pleasure in them that do them. We are standing at the doorstep of God removing his hand from America. I believe that you want to know what it's like when God removes his hedge of protection from a country, read the Old Testament. If you want to know what it's like, read, read the stories about Israel. How many of you know about Moses and how God delivered the children of Israel from from the bondage of Egypt. Anybody know that story? How God spoke to him in a burning bush that was not consumed and and how he went. You know about the plagues of frogs, the lice, and the locusts. You know about the the angel of death. You know about the the Passover lamb, right? You know those things. You know how God delivered them from 400 years of slavery and part of the Red Sea. But do you know why God had to deliver them in the first place? Do you know what happened 400 years ago that got them into the slavery, into the bondage of Egypt in the first place? We're looking at Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. You're looking at the fiery furnace. You're talking about Daniel and the lion's den. You're talking about men that were captured and carried in. They were carried captive into the land of Babylon and how God has delivered them from from the lion's den and how God delivered them from the fiery furnace. But do you know how they got into Babylon in the first place? It's called turning your back on God. Mm, Lord help us. The Old Testament tells us what happens to a land when God has richly blessed it and they choose to turn their back on Him. God says, okay, fine. That's the way you want it. That's the way you'll get it. See, I I believe there's only one thing standing between God and in the judgment of the United States of America. And I believe it's a few heavyweights. God does honor prayer. God still answers prayer. I I believe there's there's a handful of Christians still out there that absolutely will not bend. I believe there's a handful of Christians out there that won't bow. I believe there's a handful out there that want to make a difference. See, I, I believe that this book is the infallible, perfect, without fail word of God. I believe that everything in this book is true. I believe every dot's in the right place, every period, every comma. See, because I believe this book, I still have hope because I don't believe the Old Testament ended during the 400-year span. I believe that Jesus Christ is the hope. I believe that He's my salvation. I believe that He's the one that washed away all my sin. I believe He's the one that gave me an eternal home in heaven. I believe the one who forgives me of all of my unrighteousness even though I'm unworthy and don't deserve it. But I also still believe the Old Testament's true. I still believe 2 Chronicles 7, 14 is true. I still believe if my people which are called, by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. I still believe that because God said it. I don't believe it's too late for America. But I believe we're at that but in the sentence. I believe we got to that point. That we know that our God is able to deliver us. We know that 2 Chronicles 7.14 is still in the Bible. We know that our God has the power and authority. We know that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. We know that God can, but I believe we're at the butt in our country. But we're just gonna settle for what we got. Or but we're gonna become better prayer warriors. We're gonna tell everybody we meet it's Merry Christmas. Do you know what most people tell me the biggest problem is with witnessing? Anybody want to guess? It's getting it started. The hardest That's what the red marbles was so awesome for that we had up here for so long. The red marbles just get it started. What's that marble mean? That just represents one drop of blood that it took to wash away all my sins. And the red marble was just a conversation starter. It's just something to get it going. One of the hardest parts of witness is getting the conversation going. This season will do it for you. Thank you. Happy holidays. No. It's Merry Christmas. The subject is open. The door is open. The opportunity is there to make a difference in our community. That in LaGrange, Georgia, it's about Christ. In Troop County, Georgia, it's about Christ. Twelve men, actually 11, could change the world walking barefooted on dirt roads. There's more than enough of us right here to change the confines of Troop County. Yes, Lord. If we just stick to the book. If we just use this Christmas season to make a difference, it's Merry Christmas. Right. If we just use this Christmas season to be a witness to our friends and family that you may not have seen since last Christmas, they may already be dreading you coming. Give them something to dread. Make sure you get to do the opening prayer at meal. Make it last. Pray so long, they'll get saved. Just get to eat if you'll just shut up. See, I believe God will work through his children. I believe God's got a group of people right here that he can do amazing things through. I've seen what God's done through you. At Faith Baptist Church, I've seen what God's done through you on a personal level. I've seen the difference you've made in each other's lives when you're down, when you're sick. God can use this group of people to change really the world. But it's got to start in our Jerusalem, amen? So what I want to know this morning is, how many of us really want God to use us this year to make a difference? How many of us really want God to use us in this Christmas season to make a difference in our world because I'm going to ask us if we will if we come together in this altar and we pray together God will you use us will you anoint us for a purpose will you use us to do great and mighty things we have nothing in and of ourselves the the word tells us Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me but he also told us when he was teaching on the book of John that without me you can do nothing Could I have all of you stand to your feet this morning? Have everybody stand where you are. I'm going to ask you, if you would, for as many as will, to come to this altar this morning and ask God to use us, Faith Baptist Church, your people, to make a difference in a lost and a dying world. Wouldn't it be awesome to be a heavyweight for God? I've got a, I've got a lot of, of wasted of time in my past. I've got a lot, of, a lot of things I did wrong and things I didn't do right. I'm a picture of the grace of God. I'm what deserving of hell looks like. Won't go because of the grace of God. But I've wasted enough time. For, it, it becomes a from this day forward, God. Can, can I remind you, yesterday really doesn't matter. You can't go back, you can't change it, you can't draw anything from it, you, you can't be punished for the things. All, all you do is come to God, will you forgive me for yesterday? Forgive me for today up to right now. God, will you help me to be stronger from here forward? I want to make a difference. I want you to use me to change the world around me. Maybe we don't change the world. I can change the handful of people that God has in my circle. I can change the ones that I meet on a daily basis. I can change the name. I can change the mentality of a cash register, a clerk working in a store. By making sure you understand, no, it's not Happy Holidays. It's Merry Christmas. You don't have to go into a long definition right there. They know exactly what you're talking about, and most of them will smile and return it, Merry Christmas. And unfortunately, some work for people that say they can't. We need to be praying for whoever that manager is. We need to be praying for that store because that store is in our hometown. You just might be the one that goes in that day and meets the manager that God uses you to change it, to make a difference. Wouldn't that be awesome? There's a manager that rebuked some their, their employees from saying Merry Christmas, that they have Merry Christmas posted all over their business. That'd be because their heart was turned over to Christ. That's the only thing that changes that. God may use you to change it. But I ask you while while you're praying heads are bowed eyes are closed you're all praying anyway but I want to ask you this morning is there anybody this morning you've never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior you want to go to heaven Lord knows none of us want to go to hell but you you, you just don't know you don't know if you'd go to heaven you, you want to do you know that you can I can tell you I don't have a magic prayer to offer you you can't click your heels together wiggle your nose But according to the Word of God, you can go to heaven and you know you're going. Number one, you have to confess your sins. Are you willing to do that? Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Are you willing to ask Him, Lord, will you come into my heart? Forgive me of my sins and save my soul. Whatever's going on in your heart, that's not from me. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. I'm just preaching a message. Only God can speak to your heart. If you're praying this morning, you know what? Lord, I don't don't want to go to hell. I've been running too long. I've been walking the fence too long. I'm asking this morning, Lord, will you forgive me of my sins? Will you save my soul in Jesus' name? You said that prayer this morning. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to point you out, I promise. I'm not going to embarrass you. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you.